Bobby rocked it hard. Last yeah, so night. last night, um, for the first time ever, the fusion of Trump Card and my band Strange Gun mm-hmm. played at a coffee shop. <laughs> in Austin. In Austin. <laughs> um, it was full of debauchery, and um, I feel fine. I feel fine. Yeah, yeah, me too. I had to drive, and I had my gear, and like I didn't sit around and get, get hammered or anything. This is one of the few Trump Card shows where I actually got to drive like seven minutes and be home to uh-huh. my own shower and bed. I'm like, this is great. Yeah, isn't it nice? Usually I'm going to some strange woman's house, and I can't like... Adam, you're like 42. It's time to time to take a little break. I'm 37. It's never time to take a break. All right. By the time I'm 42, it'll be... You know what, dude? I keep getting older, and they stay the same age. That's fine. One time I... Uh, That's fine. I uh, was in, in my room when I was in my 20s, and I had had a lot of substances of various types. Mm-hmm. And I was doing that thing where you just like lay in your bed, like, uh, but you, it was still a good time, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. like a bad, uh, it was like, uh. This is awesome. And I was staring at my Frank Zappa poster on the wall, and the whole time I was staring at my Frank Zappa poster. After staring at my Frank Zappa poster, <laughs> I, I received messages. What from, I thought messages were from Frank Zappa. Were they Frank Zappa's messages? And it, it was basically never stop rocking and never stop partying. And then I realized, like, Frank Zappa was notoriously sober. Maybe the ghost of Frank Zappa, like, maybe he found his way in the afterlife. You never know. You never know. You never know. the mysteries of the world. You know, I saw something on a pinball machine one time that really stuck out to me. It changed my life. I was like 35. Was it the Congo pinball machine? (laughs) No, but that's a hell of a game. I was over at my buddy's house who used to have a bunch of pinball machines in his house. He has the Congo one? He had the Congo one. And that game is fucking legit. I was pinball. Dude, okay, listen. I'll tell you something about pinball. I was never into pinball. Uh Like I always sucked at it for my whole life. Mm -hmm. Because every time I'd play, like, I'd put in a fucking dollar fifty and within seven seconds had lost all three balls, you know? Right. And that's what happens. But my buddy had like twelve pinball machines in his house. And I went over there one night and got really, really baked and just started playing these pinball machines with everybody. There's like seven guys there playing. It's fucking fun, isn't it? It's fucking fun. And I real I got it. I got it. For somehow in that night, in those hours of playing pinball, it just it all like a fucking light bulb went off. Like, yeah. I can play this shit. Yeah, every time I go to an arcade It's a lot of fun. We have one in Austin called Pinballs with, with a Z. Z. It's a BYOB giant old school arcade. There's like three of them in It's town. amazing. Highly recommended. Highly recommended. Um but I always do like the I play Area 51 for a while mm-hmm. and then some of the beat 'em ups, the X-Men beat 'em up yeah, or the yeah, Simpsons yeah, yeah. beat 'em up. Yeah. Um and then eventually I'll play Street Fighter. Yeah, eventually Tekken or uh, Revolution was it Revolution X, the Aerosmith oh, game. Oh yeah, dude. I beat that game. Hell yeah, every time I go there I play that game. You got It's, it's probably wow. it's one of the best things Aerosmith has ever do- ever done. <laughs> Fight the man! You throw CDs at him, right? <laughs> yeah. Isn't CDs your weapon? That's your that's your ammunition. Is but what, CDs. what I was gonna say is like as soon as I, <laughs> so it's so a, fucking nineties. It's and so dumb. and the graphics are so it terrible. Was during, like, digitized. The, the get graphics. a grip era. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was my. like get a grip in Mortal Kombat one and like, like had a baby. Wayne's World two yeah. that time period because they were in that movie. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I always inevitably uh, end up at the pinball machines because it's just like it's there. There's ton, there's tons of them. You know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. The the visuals. They have an amazing uh, 
Elton John one there. They have an Elton John pinball machine? They got a sweet Elton John pinball machine. They got a Kiss machine. one. They got Metallica, uh-huh. ACDC. I, I haven't seen the Elton John I one. I play the uh, Indiana Jones ones a lot. That's oh, what's yeah. great about pinball. It's the same game, but you gravitate towards the, th- the things in pop culture that you enjoy. But what I've realized is that all the machines are different. They are. They're really different. But essentially, it's the same game. So anyways, the the, the, the start of this story uh, was about the, the what I read on a pinball machine that changed my life. Mm. It was uh, it was uh, like Doctor Rock or some stupid shit like that. And it's obviously like late '80s, early '90s, like cheesy, like Ninja Turtle era shit. It wasn't even a real thing. It just no, was no, like Doctor Rock. It was that was just the pinball machine, and it was like a, um, it was like it looked like a Frankenstein in a lab coat. But he had a lab. He had coat. like a mohawk. He looked or something. more like um, Imagine Johnny Bravo mm-hmm. in a lab coat. Okay, greaser lab coat, greaser hair all pompadoured up like you mm-hmm. used to wear when you were cool. And yep. um, <laughs> thanks for yeah, that. Yeah, so it said to like to to rock like Doctor Rock. Like you need three things: you need a gift of gab, a magnetic personality, and a heart of rock and roll. That's just good advice for life in general. I've got all those things. Oh, you think so? I fucking totally do. I I, mag- I am Doctor Rock. Magnetic personality is a little uh, debatable. Oh, dude! Like I've, I'm I've got a magnetic core. I'm like the fucking Earth. Well, let's say this or something. If you have a magnetic personality Mm -hmm. there are people in the world that are like flipped to the other side of the magnet and Mm -hmm. and uh protrude away from you luckily the ones that are um that my that are worth keeping around the the ones that 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 are attracted to me are typically crazy people and young beautiful people young beautiful crazy women is what's attracted to me, and I'm uh, fine with that. Speaking of crazy people, last mm-hmm. night when we arrived at the gig before you even got there, because yeah. we were the first band, so we sadly sat there yeah. twiddling our thumbs. We were playing poker at one point. Oh, like, there was no one in there. Oh, like I hope more God. people show up. I didn't promote this at all other than our podcast, and uh, no, most people that listen nobody, do not live here. Nobody listens to this podcast. Um <clears throat> I mean, Austin. I walked in, and this this guy holds the door open for me. He's sitting outside the door, and I'm just like, "Hey, thanks, man." I'm assuming he's the doorman. Right. Cut to a few minutes later, me and some friends go outside to smoke a cigarette, and uh, we come back in, and the guy had like stolen my friend Sarah's beer and like was drinking it, and we're like, "What? What is this?" And right. and it turns out. You know, she wouldn't tell the guy, the people that work there. And it turns out this guy didn't work there. He was just like a crazy homeless man. Nice. That like hangs out in the front door. They're like, hey, man, you have to leave. You can't be drinking, drinking other people's. Like, nah, nah, I, I bought this beer. And they're like, no, you fucking didn't because I'm the bartender and you didn't. Clearly, you're a, like a crazy. I wouldn't. There's no one else in here. <laughs> right, right. But this band and you. And me. And <laughs> I know right. it wasn't you. No, I, I, I buy him another one. I bought this beer. I'm like, no, you didn't. And they're like, you need to leave. And he's like, all right, no problem, no problem. And then he didn't leave. He just said, no problem, no problem. And then he just stood there. And they're like, all right, we have to call the cops. So it got to like, okay, so. Did the cops show up? Yeah, the cops showed up. Holy shit. So like, it was really weird because I was like, there were some more people showed up, like the other band, Worm Suicide, Mm -hmm. great band. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like. (laughs) It's like these fucking degenerate looking punk rockers are like cooperating with the police. Like, yeah, this crazy guy came in and stole it. Like, it's all it's all buck the establishment until some crazy man steals your beer. Then you need to call, call the, the cops police. Yeah. And, and work with them not to steal your uh, alcohol. Hey, Trump card was involved in none of that. Yeah, you this, weren't even there yet. This must have been before Pablo was drunk. Yes. This is before Worm Suicide was yes. drunk. He was a he was a whole other character when he was drunk. Yeah, that was a that was a 
story for another time. It's not for this. This is this is the podcast where we talk about this shit, Bobby. All right. So cut to later. Worm Suicide's playing. Great band. Great band. I was like the whole time. I'm like. I'm going to buy a t-shirt. This is a great band. I'm shocked at how good this is. Yeah, yeah they're fucking amazing. Uh, you should definitely check them out. But Punk rock. Um, he got a little carried away. <laughs> Keep in mind, this is at a coffee shop slash bakery. <laughs> and me and my girlfriend and some friends are sitting at a table, like kind of offset towards the back. And he, he's in the, the, the punk rock spirit takes him over, I guess. Right. Among other things, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he, and whiskey, he, lots of whiskey. And he, he trouts over to us. Is trout's a word? He sure. Yeah. Trots over to us all it. with conviction. He's got the microphone punk and he's rock singing. Conviction. And, uh, and he, he knocks this coat off the stool in front of me. And then he stands on the stool and he's dancing. And then he grabs my glasses and puts them on. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and then he proceeds to like, knock over some shit on our table and i'm just like yeah oh, this is a punk rock show like whatever after that i turn behind me and i realize this is quite a scene there's a man like like sweeping up glass oh yeah my girlfriend is fuming she's about to go rip off rip out the uh, microphone cord she's like fuck that guy like she has an irish temper you know right yeah, um yeah. and i was like oh fuck am i gonna have to like fight this guy or something i was like i thought we we're you know we we're at a show or whatever i didn't think it was that big of a deal then i saw like okay yeah that wasn't cool so everyone's covered in beer and whiskey and shit and uh, we're, we're in our 30s right i'm like i'm out you know it's a roll of the dice if you want to do that kind of shit at a show um Listen, never grow up, people. Don't listen. So to then, I right think now. the guy's trying. The guy starts pointing at me while he's back at the stage, and he's pointing at me and, and doing that thing with his finger, like "Come here!" And I'm just Come like, hither. "Oh, fuck this!" Like, I'm like, "Oh god, this guy's. A, we're about to have a confrontation on stage." And then he, I get up there, and I'm like puffing up and shit. And then he puts his arm around me, and he starts singing. And then it's like people taking pictures. I'm like, "What the fuck is going on?" And then he starts grabbing my T-shirt and pointing to the merchant. Worm Suicide gave me like. $60 worth of free merch last night and we put a bunch of drinks on this tab because that was a dick move um, but check them out and Worm Suicide's good they sing about Satan and dicks yes it's pretty much all their songs are about <laughs> yes. is the devil and fucking like on their koozie it just says songs about dicks and it's like a spread eagle gal with a pentagram over her vagina and she's got a gimp mask she's on she's got a gimp mask on a gimp mask on speaking of gimp masks we have a new lineup for Trump Card, and our guitarist now has a gimp mask, which is just great, which is great. And so we decided, because we have like promotional photos that we used from before with the, with the old guitarist, so we're going to still use those photos and just uh, superimpose a gimp mask over the guitarist. That works. <laughs> okay, so personal personal uh-huh. audio v- blog is over until we get to the real Adam's corner. Wait, what? I can't... Oh, wait. So you can tell your fucking story, but I can't tell... Fuck, I can't talk about Trump card. You don't even know what Adam's corner is. I have something else fucking lined up, bitch. This is episode 28 of Not For Everyone. Not For Everyone. It's 28. Uh, we're doing road movies again still this month. Mm-hmm. We got hopefully, we got today and then hopefully one more if there's time. We got one more. Do we have to go, do we have to keep it confined to the month of March? So <laughs> tonight we're watching um, the very first full full length feature Steven Spielberg movie. Duel. Duel. Um, made for television. Um Accredited as one of the greatest made-for-TV movies ever made. Right. And it's a road movie. 
And it's a road movie. But more about that later. It's totally a road movie. I watched it already. I liked it. It was, it was roadie as shit. It was like, uh, it was like the, the dusty, dusty roads roadie. Dusty roads. Dusty roads. Dusty roads. The American dream. The American dream. <laughs> That's the American dream. Dude, the fact that Dusty Rhodes with his big fucking black and yellow polka dot outfit is the dream of America. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, hey, I mean, look at the world today. He wasn't wrong. He wasn't fucking wrong at I all. I mean, he's a contender for the American dream. He's he's up there. He's up there. Um, so I've been I've been I, I watched this movie that I hope you've seen recently. Uh, there's been a lot of buzz about it on the internet and from uh, you know, horror fans in general. It came out on Netflix. Oh, here we go. Big, uh, big, uh, big hubbub about it. Let me ask you a question, Bye, before we get into it. What was it that got you got you to watch the movie? I mean, I mean I'm serious. It was, did you see an article on Facebook? Because that's what happened to me. I saw an article on Facebook. I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch this movie. What was it that got you to decide to watch that? There's movie? all kinds of things. Like? Probably things like that. Probably just the uh, the things I follow on social media, mm-hmm. news in general, um, word of mouth, maybe. For about a month, I've been telling you to watch this fucking movie. I feel like it hadn't even been out a month. Since it came out, I've been telling you to watch this fucking movie. We're, we're, and that had, that had no impact on your decision to watch the movie bobby fucking social media you're a prick you know that i'm just letting you know you're self-absorbed i am not going to um feel defeated or bad about what you're pointing out right now (laughs) adam all we talk about Uh is movies we've seen Uh or movies the other should see or tacos yeah right yeah you, you you know I'm I'm not coming down on you right now. Oh really? But if you flood the market <laughs> with recommendations, if you give me six recommendations a day, uh-huh. which is probably about average, uh-huh. I'm gonna see probably none of them. Well, then how does that make any sense, Bobby? This is a working because business relationship. Things We're are supposed forgettable to be... when there's when they come in high quantities. Why don't you write them down? Why don't you save them in your notes? I, I'm not gonna do the Adam Arndt homework assignments. Ah, Jesus Christ, Bobby! This is this is our job, kind of. So the movie we're referring to is a little Spanish film called Veronica. Um, what did you think of Veronica? I thought Veronica was a very well made movie. To start, it was a uh, it was directed by the Spanish director who made the Rec films, the record button films mm-hmm. that they later made into quarantine in America. Wreck is way better. Wreck one and two. I think we've talked about it on here. Yeah. Fucking great. So anyways, he directed this and it's like a it's like a Ouija board haunted house family possessed kind of movie. Right. It's 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 a very used trope. We see that movie a lot. It's just exceptionally done. That's probably pretty much what I was gonna exactly what I was gonna say. Like it's yeah. nothing I haven't seen before. But it does those better than they've but done. But visually, it's quite an achievement. Yeah. Okay, so, okay, this is what I was going to ask you about. Yeah. Um, jump scares. Yeah. I wanted to talk to you about jump scares. Okay. How do you feel about jump scares? Are they overused? Are they underplayed? Are they? Is there a time and place for them? Talk to me about jump There's scares. There's a time and place for them. Jump scares are great when used effectively. Like anything, Bobby, quantity... You know, just because a movie has fucking 3,000 jump scares, you stop getting jump scared. That's exactly the point I was just about to make. Fuck you, huh? It's just like, it's okay, I'm jumping again, woo. Like, no, they can be used done, they they can be used well, they can be used badly. Right. It just depends on the usage. I like them when they're good. I like them when the entire movie, when it's done... Uh, sporadically enough and the entire movie's scare factor isn't just based on that then yeah. it just gets cheap yeah and this movie did that pretty well 
What I like in a movie, a horror movie, more so than just a jump scare that something makes me jump in my seat, I like when it makes my skin crawl. Mm-hmm. Like the tension and something really creepy, and you're like, oh, I shouldn't be watching this, and you right. get goosebumps. That's what I look for in horror. Um, that's it, yeah. You can it can be both. I'm not anti jump scare, but I'm also right. don't want that to be the only uh, the only thing that they're the only thing they're going they're for offering. Yeah. So another film I watched, and this is a new segment I'd like to call Bobby's Late to the Party. Oh, okay. Is this a segment about recommendations I've been making to you for years that you just finally fucking decided to watch because of the internet? No, I don't. Uh, maybe. I mean, potentially. Yeah. Probably okay. not in this I case. I think we should just call it that. Let's just call it that. <laughs> these, are, these are Bobby's recommendations that Adam told him to watch, but he never did and finally did because of the internet and forgot so, uh, that Adam told him. To last watch. weekend, I, I, uh, I've been doing a lot of catching up on movies, except for the movies that you tell me to watch. <laughs> With the exception of Veronica, mm-hmm. which I didn't want, I didn't even know you recommended. You didn't even realize I, like, I, had, uh, I had said that. If you had known that, oh, Adam told me to I'd watch be like, this. I'm not watching that. <laughs> <laughs> like that's probably bullshit. You fucking prick. So I saw this movie right before I watched Veronica. A very similar premise. Ouija two or Ouija the evil within or something like that. Yeah. Not the first Ouija, the second one. Okay. Because I heard like everyone, you know, the first one was hot garbage. It was terrible. And then I was like, wow, this was shockingly good. And I would agree. I was expecting nothing. Went in, watched the new Ouija movie mm-hmm. uh, that came out probably six months ago. Right. Um, highly recommended. Very effective. It reminded me a bit of uh, The Conjuring meets, uh, and then it gets into like kind of Evil Dead mode by the end of it. Huh. Um, I think you would like it because... You're just kind of going along the first half or so, the first two actions. Like, this is just generic, like modern horror, right. Ouija board, right, haunting right. kind of shit. Veronica never had that vibe. It always, from the get go, it seemed kind of different, like better made. It was better made. It was way better made. The tropes and the the plot itself was pretty standard. Though, what? In, in, in Veronica. Veronica? Yeah, yeah. It was. Same thing with Ouija, though. I mean, it's, again, it's nothing I haven't seen before, right. but it gets fucking bananas by the end of it. Right. And uh, I was just like, yeah, yeah, let's 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 watch this. Movie. You know what, Bobby? Here's the problem I have with your recommendations. <laughs> oh, oh, please. Let me tell you the last movie that you recommended that you spoke so highly of that I watched. It was called Happy Death Day. Fantastic. That movie is fucking terrible. It is so bad. The montages with like shitty Nicki Minaj songs or something playing. The fucking, oh, dude, it was like Groundhog's Day, but like shitty, like made for fucking 19 year old PG 13 horror. There was no gore in that fucking movie, Bobby. And you know what? It was like Groundhog's Day, right? That movie now, I don't even watch Groundhog's Day because of that fucking movie. I'm going to watch Groundhog's Day and I'm going to think of Happy Death Day. That movie was fucking terrible. Why are you mad at me right now? Well, Bobby, because um, we do a podcast together and we talk about horror movies. And you're, you're mentioning this Ouija 2, and I want to believe, I want to believe, I kind of want to watch it. Okay. But I'm thinking, happy fucking death day. And I told you it sucked, and you're like, what, really? The movie was good. I guess happy death day was a little too highbrow for you. Highbrow. That's not a word I would use to describe that film. <laughs> well, I did use it facetiously. In, in any way, shape, or To imply how lowbrow you actually are. Dude, that movie was dumb. It was good. It was It was so fun. Dumb. It's a fun movie. No, it's not. It's a fun movie. It's not fun. That's not fun. 
That's not They fun. openly reference Groundhog's Day. They're like, yeah, we get it. We're doing Groundhog's Day as a horror movie. They like have a line of dialogue about Groundhog's Day. And that Day. makes that whole fucking 92-minute shit fest okay. It wasn't a shit fest. It was terrible, Bobby. It was terrible. So Ouija 2, people, I'm just going to say- Stop, stop, Hold on a second. Uh-huh. The tequila just kicked in. Okay. <laughs> Is that tequila? Let's- Oh, give me that shit. No. Uh, it's Don Julio. Give me a little swig. And uh, I haven't had any it's alcohol. It's too highbrow for I you. I brought you fucking tacos, you prick. Uh, <laughs> so let's, let's, let's go back to Happy Death Day for a second. So, so far, your only complaints is... It sucked. Okay, that's not... That's, that's an adjective. That's not a case mm-hmm. or a verb. That's a verb to describe it. It sucked. What does that... What does... <laughs> tell me why, besides... Everything Unless said. you only rate things by gore and nudity, which we established as a, a big factor on our last episode, right? Point out things besides lack of gore, acting, character development, fucking the 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 bad guy. Um, let's see what else. The musical score. Now you're just listing. Um, you're just pointing out the things you didn't categories like. at an award show. Well, oh, they it like, wouldn't have won like, the award for any of that shit. All right, not not any of like it. original song, <laughs> animated feature, uh, original teleplay. <laughs> like no, it fucking sucked, supporting dude. actress, dude. It was a terrible fucking. Film. No, I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was refreshing. I thought it was fun. I thought it was poking fun at that college. Okay, yeah, you know genre what? And, and here's of... the thing: there's a TV show. Uh, it's by the guy who makes American Horror Story in Glee of all fucking things. It's called Scream Queens. Mm-hmm. In the first season, I think in the second, and finish the second season, as Jamie Lee Curtis in it. Right. It's got a lot of people from, and it's it does that. It pokes fun at the fucking college slasher. It's a reality show, though. It's no, a game it's, show. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's a drama. It's a fucking. It's a every episode somebody gets offed horribly, and it's just it's making fun of all the old fucking slasher movies. And there, and what I love about it is when I watch it, I see direct scenes like, oh, that was from Halloween. Like, oh. That was from fucking Friday the 13th. Like, you can see, you would love it if you've never watched I it. I don't dislike Screen Queens, but I don't find references to be like the, oh, necessarily a. From the prick that the only thing he said was good about Happy Death Day was that they just referenced Groundhogs. Oh, look, they referenced the movie that they obviously copied. Oh, that's I so never clever. once said that. I said that in defense of your erroneous mm-hmm. fucking lack of argument. It's a bad movie. Okay, well, you're entitled to your opinion, but you don't have to be a fucking dick about it. Okay? How about that? That should be how the name we have of our a, podcast. How about we have a nice that, civil conversation, is, and the other person's not a total fucking retard <laughs> or a bad person if we disagree? Because you know what, Adam? We disagree on a lot, but you know what? For some reason, for some cosmic reason, we still hang out. You just called I me, think we're you both- You said, let's be civil, you retard. That's what you just said to me. No, that's not what I said at all. I said it doesn't make, just because we disagree doesn't make the other person a retard, but you are lowbrow. And you have no case against uh-huh. Happy Death Day other than there was no gore. There was bad acting. It was written terribly. The fucking bad villain acting? was. Yeah, dude. The I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't amazing. The characters were shit. 
What are you talking? Like, why? <sighs> why, Adam? Oh, God. So I have to have a well-thought-out reason. Yes. Because it was generic as fuck, and it wasn't fun. It wasn't generic. It wasn't fun. It was poking fun at generic. Scream Queens pokes fun at generic and does it very Scream well. Scream Queens is a fucking television show. It's a fucking TV. It's a horror TV show, dude. It's not. You're, you're thinking about a reality show or something. I'm not talking about a reality show. It's got, it's got Jamie Lee Curtis as a character. It's got a dude who gets his head cut off and put in a fucking fish tank. It's got a crazy devil killer running around with an axe. And you like it because there's familiarity. And familiarity uh, is a source of um, comfort. Listen it to is. Sally, Jesse, Raphael. Familiarity is a source fucking, of comfort. You're fucking psychopath. Are, you are you familiar with um, Charles Berger's uncertainty reduction theory? No, obviously not. It basically states that people respond to things that they're <sighs> familiar with, uh, and they they don't like uh, out, things uh, outside of their comfort zone. The the Happy Death. So day you like this show, Scream Queens, because it movie. references things that you know, and it has good gore. And there's no tits because it's on TV. Let me guess. You're fucking stoked about it's, Ready Player One, aren't you? Like, oh, I don't know. Iron Giant in that movie. I don't know. I like DeLoreans. You know, you know what's funny about all this is like all we do is like jerk off nostalgia in the show. <laughs> like, like, no, I'm just like, nah, fuck all that. Yeah, where are you even going with this, Bobby? <laughs> no, 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 I'm just, uh, I'm just spitballing it. Are you talking to yourself <laughs> or are you talking to me? Um, yeah, no, Ready Player One. I don't know. What do you think? Um, I'm going to, I'm glad this came up actually. Of course, I, that's why you brought it up. I'm sure. I am tired of celebrating nostalgia. <sighs> in in a, like in, I, I'll celebrate nostalgia by dude. This movie's got Battletoads and Freddy and Chucky and the Iron Giant and King Kong. Like, how are you gonna hate wait? All that shit? Does it have Battletoads? Yeah. Does it really? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go fucking see it now. <laughs> yeah. It's got fucking Battletoads. No dude. way. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, you won me over with Battletoads. I told you, man. But that's a moot point. Generally speaking. I don't know. Somebody gave me the book to read. And I, read I the am first tired half of a chapter. I'm tired okay. of celebrating nostalgia on like a commercial level of like modern shit. Now I'm like, dude, make something new. And I know this is like this is an old complaint. This is how they sell us. This is what they sell oh, to our generation. Bobby. I agree. It's profitable. It is that you know. And I'm happy because when I was a little kid, I was like, man, I wish they made all this stuff just aimed at me. And now they do. Now they do. It's like, hey, look, Ninja Turtles are still cool. You can fucking get. A girl with Ninja Turtle lingerie. And I'm like, fuck yeah, put a girl in Ninja Turtle lingerie. I'll, I'll peel that shell. You know? Yeah, that's organic capitalism, though. It's just like, hey, for some reason. Wait, what kind of podcast is this? No, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> that's people following the wire, man. Like, oh, uh -huh. these fucking 30 year old man children, like hot chicks dressed as Pokemon. Like, uh -huh. put that shit out there. We're going to make some money. Yeah. And God bless it. God, I love hot chicks but dressed you as Pokemon. <laughs> But you got to be smart sometimes, too. I really do. You can't let that be your only thing that gets you off. No pun intended. Wait, what are we talking about? Ready Player One? Okay, so Ready Player One, I'm going to probably... Uh, I'm going to wait for reviews, get the general vibe. Not that I only go off of reviews. I still haven't seen that fucking... Um, uh, uh -huh. What is it? The Splash ripoff? Oh, yeah. I need to get that. I want to watch that. Shape of Water? Yeah, I heard it's really good. It's Best gl Picture. It's Galermo. I'm glad Galermo like, won the best I like, picture. I like the fact that some horror got some uh, or I, horror themes. I least. love every movie. Get Out, Get Out got some love. At the I Academy love every Wars. movie Galermo del Toro's made. Dude, people didn't like Crimson Peak. Did he do Devil's Backbone? Yeah, dude. Yeah, that movie's fucking kids. awesome. That movie's fucking great. Kronos. Did he do The Orphanage? No, he produced it. That was a good movie. That was a good movie. That yeah. was a great movie. Hellboy 1 and 2 are both fucking great. Yeah, I, I haven't seen Shape of Water. You know what's awesome? Pacific Rim. 
I haven't. Yeah, oh I haven't watched that. God, that movie's fucking. I don't bad. care about robots, dude. I'm telling you, unless it's Chopping Mall. Like, let's celebrate that. You're nostalgia. like, I like every movie this guy made, but that's a robot movie. No, I'm not going to watch that. It one. just reeked of like, it reeked of hey, what? You didn't see it. It reeked of nothing to you. I got Bobby. a vibe of like, hey, arty visual Spanish director is going to like tell Michael Bay what's up and make a make a smart transformer. Dude, you movie. know what? He did. He absolutely did. That's like the best description for the movie. You never even seen it. Thank you. It's funny how you're like. Uh, you're like trying to make me uh, dissertate why a movie that I watched in its entirety was not bad, but you can just judge a film. I didn't from... say it was bad. I just said I don't have interest in it because I don't like robots. I'm that talking punch about each other. Happy Death unless Day, unless it's Robot Jocks by Stuart Gordon. Mm-hmm. If you liked Robot Jocks, Bobby, you'll love Pacific Rim. Here's what I like about Pacific Rim. Right, when I watch a movie like that, what I want to see is giant robots fighting giant monsters. And this movie in no way lets you down on that. Uh-huh. Like a lot of those movies, it's like, oh God, like you watch the Godzilla remake or whatever. Not, not, no, nah, I'm not going to go there. The Godzilla with Heisenberg and, the one and with, Quicksilver. Uh, uh, oh, okay. So yeah, the one yeah. with uh, Breaking Bad guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one, it's like Godzilla was in it for like four minutes. I was like, fuck you. Pacific Rim is all about giant robots fighting giant monsters. And there's a sequel coming out. I'm going to go see it. Hey, you know what, Adam? You know what I'm going to do? What are you going to do? Going back to our previous conversation about how I never listened to you on recommendations. Right. I'm going to watch Pacific Rim. Do it. You fucking You should watch Thor Ragnarok. That's all right. the one you got to watch. Can't, you can't. See, this is what I'm talking about. You can't keep throwing uh, all these things. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. You know, like when your friend gives you a list of bands you should check out and you're just like, oh, this is like 10 bands. I'm not going to fucking. What that says, Bobby, is that you're a prick. No. Because if people are giving, they're saying, "Hey, it's not it's not personality flaws. No. It's fucking time it, and it's your priorities." Saying, "Hey, this is what I like. Let me share what I like with you." And you're saying, "This is what you're saying." Just to doctor fill it on you, you're saying you're giving me all this stuff that you want me to like. Fuck you. I've got to go watch Jason Takes Manhattan's fucking special feature. Yes, that's okay. what I have time for. Adam, that's what you're saying, Bob. Adam. I don't know how many times we can go over this. Okay. Your track record's not very fucking good to begin with. My track record's amazing. Second of all. There's so many movies you watch and I've recommended it to you and you're like, oh wait, I didn't even know you recommended it. And then there's so many movies you told me to watch, like Happy Death Day and fucking Dolls. Fucking Dolls. Adam, I'm not going to take into (laughs) consideration, I'm less likely to take into consideration your recommendations because we disagree probably 80% of the time on these things. That's not true. We're united in John Carpenter, mm-hmm. David Cronenberg, mm-hmm. and The Misfits. We've watched movies together. Those are our only common grounds. For probably seven and years, you Bobby. Still, you still <laughs> criticize me for liking Famous Monster, the Michael Graves Misfits Fuck album. That. That's not the fucking That album is fucking awesome. Fuck you and your Michael even if Graves it's not, support. If, even if you don't want to call it The Misfits. It sucks. still a good album. It's not good. One last thing. Yeah. Let's go to the news. Do you know, you don't know who Zach Bagans is? Never heard. Okay, of him. have you ever watched the show Ghost Adventures? No, God, fuck no. You haven't? No. You're always so critical of my paranormal fascination, and then you've never like this is exactly what I'm we were talking about. I'm all about paranormal. I'm all about the the fucking looking into of the paranormal. Just those shows are horseshit. But anyways, no, I have. I don't know. Zach I'm not going to necessarily disagree with you on that. They never have proof of any kind whatsoever. So and they made three thousand episodes each. The he's like the bro ghost ghost bro ghost bro. He's the guy that's like, come on, ghost, <laughs> come on, scratch me, right? Scratch me on my back. You think murdering that child makes you cool? <laughs> I'm on four monster energy drinks right now. 
I will fuck you. He says shit like that to ghosts. Yeah, that's how you do it, man. It's the extreme. He's he's like the uh, extreme. Yeah, he's like yeah, he's one of those guys. Anyway, he wears sunglasses inside a lot. I noticed. Um, I watched his. He just came out with a documentary this month called Demon House. Mm-hmm. Okay, so basically, Gary, Indiana, home of the Jacksons, and uh, one of the shittiest places in the United States. Um, there was this uh, house, mm-hmm. a, a demon house, if you will. Mm-hmm. Everyone that uh, a family that lived there, the kid like went crazy one night and was like crawling up the walls when they took him to the hospital. They like, thought he was possessed. It it makes everyone sick, or uh, like everyone that was involved in this film, according to the film, mm-hmm. uh, had some sort of like crazy experience um, out when they left the house. Whether it be like their health declined, or one of them, like the priest that tried to exercise it, almost fell off his bike. And you're like, oh, wow. this was clearly the work of Satan. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of zoned out. What were you talking about? Okay. Um, so I watched Demon House, right? Okay. Full length documentary from the guy from Ghost Hunters, Zach Bagans. <sighs> okay. And um, <laughs> go on with it. What the fuck's the point of this? This is kind of the big deal. <laughs> so he bought this house. He, he took his. Go- he bought the Demon House. He bought his. He took his fat ghost hunting money. Mm-hmm. And bought the demon house, so I guess he could investigate it without having to ask the people that owned it. I don't know, and uh, it's a it's a pretty interesting uh, uh, paranormal documentary that I want to go ahead and recommend. However, there are like little glimmers of not skepticism, but like reasonable excuses as to why this happened. There's like. They had a home investigator come in, like, yeah, there might be a little like carbon monoxide uh, leak or like. He's got black mold. I'm like, yes, they mentioned black mold. I'm like, yeah, like, investigate that a little more, right? They throw it a tiny bone, but I'm just like, or like, talk about the mental health of that kid. Yeah, wait a second though, Bobby. That's the problem. Wait, hold on. Who wants to watch a documentary about the black mold investigation of the demon house? That's a great point, but I do. Because I just want to hear all sides, okay? I understand there's an audience to it. And the people that watch that shit don't want to hear about reasonable explanations. I really want to hear the opinion but of the I carbon do. monoxide investigation. Yes, I do. That's one of my biggest complaints about ancient aliens. It's like, get one skeptic on that show. Just one. Just one. No. But was it like, it's like I was religion. Like starting, you don't have a skeptic at the religion. I was starting to give this movie credit. It's like because a skeptic at church. They started to kind of dip their toe into reasonable explanations of the demon house but then they just like never acknowledged it again i'm sorry listeners maybe this has gotten two boring. minutes this has gotten boring what the fuck is your problem so you know what a good show to watch is bobby ash versus evil dead have you watched that yet i have it's fucking fantastic it is really good i just caught up with the third season i'm, like, I'm kind of late to the party on that one too i'm i'm almost done with the first season late to the party yeah bobby i'm late to the party it He's is busy good watching demon house documentaries yeah you didn't right. have enough time for the other shit no no this is why i don't have time to watch thor ragnarok dude thor ragnarok is so much better than but that show Ash vs. the described. evil dead is really fucking good yeah, you really get to know Ash on a more personal, <laughs> developed level. I want to tell you something. I want to. It's say, hilarious. I don't want too. to say it, because, but like in the last episode, <laughs> they said Ash's full name, like his first and his middle name. It's so hilarious. I don't want to spoil it. You want me I to haven't tell got you? that for you. Let me tell you. I want to tell you, Ashley Joanna Williams. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's fucking Ash's name. That is a great character. <laughs> 
<laughs> so fucking good. I like how like Bruce Campbell isn't that good of an actor, but <laughs> oh it does, fuck you, he's not. He's great, but he's not. He's, he's great, but he's not a good actor. What are you looking for, Peter O'Toole? Yes. Like, no, dude. Peter, Peter O'Toole. He plays the fucking role of Bruce Campbell. He plays that role right. perfectly. No, I agree. I agree. It's like saying Sean Penn's not a great actor. Okay. Sean Penn's always Sean Penn. Yeah, but he's still kind of ash, even Al like Briscoe County Jr. Dude, that's a great show, too. Sam Raimi, dude. Oh, you know who's in that show that's great that I haven't seen in forever who still looks smoking hot is Lucy Lawless. Yeah, she does. I'm like, Wow. I didn't know she was still getting gigs. Have you ever heard of the concept of woods porn? No. It's uh, someone gave it a name on the internet a few months ago that I was reading about. It's I like, love Lucy Lawless. I don't remember who it was, but it was a. Uh, they're talking about like when you're a kid, especially growing up in the '80s or '90s. Like you didn't have the internet, so like yeah. you'd always run into like in a woods. pile of yeah. like yeah. porno mags I, in the woods. I found woods porn. Yeah. Woods porn. <laughs> I found, I found one um, when I was a kid <laughs> called Celebrity Sleuth. It, this wasn't necessarily in the woods. I think I found it under an overpass in my hometown. It's not woods one, porn. One, uh, right. Well, it's... Underpass, but it's hobo uh, porn. Hobo porn. <laughs> Celebrity Sleuth was the name of the magazine, and there was a spread, I guess, of uh, blurry photos of uh, Lucy Lawless. Oh. So I have like a formative fixation. Was she naked? Yeah. Oh. She, I think... I don't know what it was from. It looked Dude. like it was some sort of like topless pageant or something. In Spartacus? Oh, my God. It's... It's just it's like looking at a goddess of flesh. She's a good-looking gal. She's a beautiful Even still, woman. she's probably in her 50s now. She's she beautiful. Great. And she's so evil and fucking evil dead. Let's go to Adam's Corner. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So this Adam's Corner is actually something that Bobby was at, too. I, I wanted to bring this up because it happened a week ago and so much stuff's happened since then. I thought we might forget about it and not talk about it on the air. And what it is, is a little thing called Party World Wrestling. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, so this is going to be somewhere I'm not, it's just not gonna, It's not just me, Bobby. I'm letting you in the corner today. This is our corner. Our corner. I don't like the sound of that This is all. my corner. You do. You talk when I fucking tell you to. Sounds like it would sting. <laughs> so, uh, no, we went to this thing at a little brewery in North Austin, and apparently they put this on every couple of months. It's a professional wrestling racket called Party World Wrestling, and this was the probably like next to Trump card or anytime I've put on a show, this is maybe the best show I've ever seen in my life. You wish you had something to do with this. Dude, I want I want to get in on this. Adam, tell me what Party World Wrestling is. Party World Wrestling is somewhere in between professional wrestling and a, and a snake charmer cult. It's like there's there's these guys, they're all in costume because it's, it's world wrestling. You know, they, they dress up in silly costumes. But but it's a, a huge storyline, just like old school professional wrestling. What really amazed me the most was the fucking crowd. Mm -hmm. Because there was like 300 people there. They were all like just all walks of life of our age group between right. like 20s and 40s. Like, all, you know, all walks of life between like, 20 and 40. They got a whole storyline about this this worm that's in, in, encapsulating the core of the earth. Mother worm. Mother worm. And the goal is once mother worm completely like consumes the core, it, it'll become a party planet. And how do you feed her? You feed her with slams and party violence. Party violence and slams. So you know what? The other last night when uh, when old uh, Pablo Worm suicide was kicking over your drinks, he was feeding the worm. That was fucking party violence. I guess. That, that, that was party violence. That was party violence. I'm That's, a fan of party violence. <laughs> yeah, as you bitched about it. Once you hit your 30s, you hit a certain point. You know, whatever. So anyway, there's a whole story about how this worm is, you know, they, they, they'd scream out, hail baby worm, and everybody in the audience would scream, hail 
baby worm. Well, the original mother worm died. I wasn't involved in, or wasn't painted. I didn't know about it, but before mother worm died, mm-hmm. and then they, um, there's a baby worm now. Yeah, who's now a teen worm? Who turned into teen worm this last time? And you feed her, you feed her with slams, mm-hmm. um, body slams. It's on funny the you mentioned. It's funny you mentioned the uh, the crowd because if you watch. If you watch like a movie with an event, like a crazy event, like it, like so, just for lack of a better example, Spider Man with the bone saw scene with bone Randy. saw, like yeah. you know how the crowd's just going crazy, yeah, and it's like that's a movie crowd. That's how it is in real that's life at re- Party World Wrestling. That's the real fucking crowd. Yeah. So characters include uh, Luigi Primo, uh-huh. who is a stereotypical pizzeria, Italian pizzeria owner. He flips the pizza. He's got his, his little sidekick. His, his uh, son is Pasta, pasta Man. Pasta Man. He's a um, pasta homunculus. One, one guy that wasn't there when you saw it was a guy named Jazz Wolf, <laughs> who's like a guy that wears a three-piece suit with a like a wolf furry head and plays the saxophone. <laughs> Um, there's Ratman, there's Johnny Chains, who's a guy with a pompadour that carries chains Okay, around. I'm talking now. And right. there's the Dumpster Babies. The Dumpster Babies. There was, there's uh, Charlie Frown and Sinus. I said I was talking now. This is Adam's Corner still, Bobby. Fucking slow your roll, all you right? You said it was our corner. I fucking lied, okay? It's still my goddamn corner. So yeah, there was a... And one of the things I saw, like, this is something you'd never see on, like, professional wrestling TV. The, the championship tag team belt is the best friends tag team championship. And the uh, when I saw it this last week, there were four tag teams in the ring. There was eight people in the ring at once mm-hmm. wrestling, and the wrestling for the most part is terrible. They're not the best wrestlers. There's Some probably of them are four of them that are really talented, really fucking good. Four but or five. But it's just it's and just those a are show. like the superstars. But it's just so. a show. Yeah, yeah. It's just them it's entertainment jumping around and falling down and doing super special crazy moves on in stage. It was it was great. It's like this whole like. Sci-fi debauchery, party violence, uh, weird characters. There's a guy named Bench Horse, the horse that can bench press. <laughs> and it's like this fat guy in briefs with a horse hat on. It's so good. But yeah, it's a it's a fucking good time. It's a good. I, you time. know me. I don't leave the house. But if Party World Wrestling's in town, I'm fucking there. I'm there. I'm, I am there. It, it's and like two minutes from my house. For people that don't live in Austin, you can actually watch it on Twitch. Uh-huh. The uh, video game streaming. Uh, uh, you can do anything on Twitch now. I, I think. Yes. Uh, but I highly recommend checking you out Party World Wrestling on Twitch if you can't come out to an event because it is fucking great. Party World, and we'll keep Rasslin. you guys updated when the next one is. I'm gonna, I I uh, I recommend pro wrestling. I I kind of lost my faith in pro wrestling for a while, Bobby. Like even when I was announcing forward, I was like, man, these matches are lame. But that shit, whew, whew, I could see myself getting involved in that. So let's get to the movie at hand. Yeah. Road movies. Uh, this is, again, Steven Spielberg's first full-length movie. It's a made-for-TV movie from 1971 called Duel. So we're watching Duel, and what Duel is, a business commuter is pursued and terrorized by the malevolent driver of a massive tractor trailer. Please, 
Duel is a hell of a film. Fantastic film. Um, you know, the theme of this show is not for everyone, right? Yeah. I think this is for everyone. I think it could be. It could be. Not everyone, because nothing's for everyone. Some people wouldn't like an edge of your street seat thrill ride like that. That, okay. So this was Steven Spielberg's um, first feature-length film. It was a made-for-TV movie. They don't make made-for-TV movies like this anymore. No, no. They even used the word shit in 1971. So you ready? I can't imagine what show it was on. Are you ready for my box art review? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do your thing. Oh, like it's a like you're throwing me a bone? No, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Go ahead. We, we Here's like the box it. art review. Uh-huh. Heart-pounding action that will leave you covered in sweat and caliche dust. Do you enjoy challenging your own real-life threshold of terror? Do you enjoy visual filmmaking and almost shitting your pants? Then Duel is the cinematic laxative that you never knew existed. (laughs) It's a cinematic laxative, folks. It's going to make you poop. This one's intense. Like, you don't, I don't want to go driving on the road after watching that. So, one thing I realized, and obviously we'll get into it, but Spielberg can direct. A fucking chase scene. Yeah, man. You don't immediately go to him when you think about chase scenes. But now when I think about it, you think of like even like Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh-huh. uh, Last Crusade, right? Uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, <laughs> and Duel. <laughs> Steven Spielberg directed a movie in 1964, so this isn't his first. Okay. Well, usually you think of, when you think of. Spielberg. Chase speed or um, chase, chase chase scene scenes. directors. You think of your George Millers or your Hal Needham's. Right. This motherfucking Spielberg can do it. This movie is pretty much the whole movie is a chase scene. It, it's a it's one right. long car chase, but not in the. It's not in a shallow like. Not that I don't like uh, stunts, but uh-huh. there's not a lot of stunts in this, right? No, no, no. no. It's not like it's not like gratuitous. Uh, gratuitous like Rex for no it's reason. It's not like that stupid Death Proof movie. Fuck you. I love that movie. Yeah, that movie's great. I, I like Kurt Russell in that movie. Stunt man. It's fine. Mike. I like the, but you know what I'm saying. You though. know the only it's thing like, Death Proof needed was more Kurt Russell. That's true. That's true. Anyways, um, so let's get into it. Um, Adam, who? What was? What was? Uh, Duel? Who? Who wrote? Duel? Oh yeah, let's let's not forget who wrote it. This was written. By Mr. Richard Matheson. Ooh, yeah. I love Richie Matheson. It, one of his stories is it has lingered in my soul since I read it over 20 years ago. And that story is I Am Legend. Mm-hmm. And there's been various movies made of it. Arguably the best one was with Vincent Price, The Last Man. You think Earth. so? Or Omega Man. I really like Omega Man. Omega Man, it, it, it takes a detour from the point of the book. And I know the Will Smith one totally took a yeah, detour. Yeah, Will Smith that. sings Bob Marley in that Fuck movie. Fuck that movie. But the book, dude, no. You know what's so great about that book? The zombies are golems, poorly CGI'd. They're vampires in the in the book. Anyways, you go through this whole book, book this whole story. It's just one guy left on the earth, and everybody else is vampires. And he has to build up his house, and every night he tries to go out and kill. Every day he goes and kills as many vampires as he can, and then at night they attack his house. It's a great premise for a story. And then when you get to the end, they finally capture him by sending somebody in that was like a fake human to trick him into letting him in. When you get to the end of the book, and he's sitting in a cell, you realize 
that the world has moved on and he's really the monster. He's the thing that the kids are afraid of coming to kill them while they sleep. Now, it's um, brilliant. Richard Matheson also did a lot of the Roger Corman, Edgar Allan Poe movies like The Raven. Uh, did he write a Jaws 3D too? Uh, yes, he did. Yeah, he yes, did. he did. The, the best Jaws. The best Jaws of them all. Um, and then other notable works of his would be The Devil Rides Out. I think probably the most... Uh, he did a lot of Twilight Zone episodes. The Legend of Hell House. Right. Um, he's pretty much a fucking badass. Trilogy of Terror did one of those. Yes. Yeah, Richard Matheson's great. And he wrote this film that was then directed by Steven Spielberg. Pre-Goonies. Pre-Goonies. Pre-Munich. Pre- <laughs> Steven Spielberg, the director best known for the Goonies and Munich. Yeah. Also directed <clears throat> this film. So here's what it's about. There's a guy guy named David Mann, portrayed by Dennis Weaver, an actor of Gunsmoke fame. And so he's, uh, I guess he's a businessman. He's driving across uh, California. He's just driving across California, going to a business meeting or something in the desertish area. Um, probably on the other side of the desert is where he was trying to get to the whole time, uh, which he didn't. But uh, so he's, uh, he's leaving, he's driving. And as he's driving, he comes across this big, scary semi-truck in front of him. Big, dirty, greasy semi says flammable all over it. It looks like the truck uh, that Larry the Cable Guy plays in cars. It looks like Mater, yeah. It's like Jeepers Creepers stole this truck and like shrank it and used it for Jeepers Creepers. Fuck that movie. I like Jeepers Fuck Creepers. Fuck that director. Oh, you're just pissed because the director diddle boys. So this big truck, right? And Dennis Weaver's driving an orange, a bright orange, Plymouth Valiant. Now, uh, I have to say, there's like three main characters in this movie. There's Dennis Weaver, his car, and the truck. Like those are the main, main characters in the right. desert, in the fucking desert. And so he passes up, and there's some great shots. I mean, the cinematography in this is excellent. Like the way it's filmed, Spielberg's fucking good with the camera. The long shot where like it's a view behind his car, and he's directly behind the truck, and the camera comes out and goes all the way up the side of his car, goes all the way up the side of the truck, and comes in front of the truck. And the truck just looks so fucking intimidating. Right. Um. I, I've always liked Spielberg, right? Yeah. Obviously. Right. Um, but I think, you know, the majority of his work is, not that there's anything wrong with it. It's derivative. No, it's very palatable. It's palatable. The fuck does that even mean, Bobby? It means- What mo- are you trying to say it with means, your big fucking word? It means most people can digest it. It's It's for everyone, which is fine. It's fine. You're in that like contrarian mode today. No, I don't like it at all. You're no. giving me this look like what the fuck. So I don't like your three dollar words, Bobby. All right. So um, <laughs> the majority of Spielberg's work is uh-huh. for the masses, right? Et. Would you agree? Yeah. Jaws. Et. Fucking Jaws. In all of its, for the most part, good. I don't think he actually has a legitimately bad movie, mm-hmm. not that I can think of. But none of it, for the most part, is particularly interesting at the same time. You don't, he's not like a Lynch or a Cronenberg. He doesn't have to be. He doesn't need to be. It's fine. It's fine for what it is. But he has these films. The early part of his career, he has Jaws and he has Duel. Yeah. And you can feel that he was like, I'm going to make a name for myself right here, right now, like the Jesus Jones song. Uh. Is that Jesus Jones? Just get, just move on. Just make your fucking point. <laughs> and it worked. Uh-huh. He made his mark with Duel, a TV movie, and I agree. 
credited as one of the finest TV movies ever made. I'll be honest. I mean, I can't say that I think Spielberg made his mark with with the du- because du- I never heard of it. I didn't even know it existed. Okay, until three days he ago. got. Re- regardless of whether or not you've heard of it, he he was he got people to pay attention to him. I yeah. think that's all I'm saying. Oh, okay, yeah. It's a good film. It's a good film. So he's driving and he passes up this semi truck. And then he's like, oh, God, that truck was just big and ugly. He's just thinking to himself, very little dialogue, very little dialogue in this entire film. And then as he's just sitting there, like, driving, the truck passes him back up again. And he's like, what the fuck? Truck pulls in front of him and, like, slows down, just, like, goes super slow and starts smoking him out, like, with the gas tank, you know, the gas exhaust pipe thing. And so he passes him again and takes off. And then in the distance, like, the truck starts honking at him, like, motherfucker. Next thing you know, he's like, what the fuck was that about? Pulls into a gas station, starts to get gas. Who shows up? The truck. And in these early scenes, um, you really feel like you're in, like, sitting shotgun with this guy. Yeah, you feel like you're in the car. It's these close-up, intimate shots. You hear this, like, subtle... Um, talk radio going on i really related with the with the plymouth valiant i felt like i was the valiant yes yeah. fuck you <laughs> and so uh so oh, go the ahead. sounds of the talk radio make you feel like you're sitting shotgun with 1970s mustache man played by dennis weaver yeah is that something you wrote down that you had to say so <laughs> so yeah he's getting gas it was the 70s and the, the people there i guess in california they pump your gas for you i don't know they don't do that in texas uh, and so the guy's pumping his gas, and you look up at the truck, and you see the guy's tr- like arm sitting there on the windowsill. And then um, you hear the car door while like the guy, the the attendant was in the way, and then Dennis Weaver looks at the truck, and the, the guy's gone. He's not in the truck. Right. But he sees him walking on the other side of the truck. See blue jeans and brown boots, like kicking the tires. There's points in this film where you're you're thinking at some point they're going to reveal who's actually driving this truck, but even when they show. Mm-hmm. You know the driver's side shots mm-hmm. of of that truck. It's so it's so blurry. You can't see. For straight. a second, I was like, "Is this a ghost truck?" Like you don't see anyone, and then you see like an arm, like do it, like turn the steering wheel, right? right? And I was like, "Oh, there is a person in there." Yeah. I thought I, for a split second while watching this, I was like, "Is this going to be about ghosts?" You no, know, Spielberg kind of, sort of did Poltergeist. It's not ghosts. He never he never flips. There's no last minute twist to make it ghosts. So he gets it. And when while he's in the gas station, he calls his wife, who is a real see you next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. She was not pleasant to him. However, the situation they were talking about, like the story they were talking about, like I could see her getting mad. You know, right? So the story they're talking about is they kept it pretty ambiguous. But the night before, they had gotten in a fight they're, no they're at a dinner party and some guy was like coming on to her hardcore and he didn't do anything about it right and Which, here's granted you know hey here's your what buddy you to fuck off you here's know? what you start to learn about um uh, what's his name what's the character's name Dennis? david man here's what you start to learn about him so i feel like he's not the most confrontational guy yeah but for a good reason because you find out later that he's a vietnam vet mm-hmm. and it's almost like if i go into like confrontational mode i go full PTSD Vietnam vet. Mode. Right, right, right. So it's almost like he's trying to contain that, but throughout the entire movie you see him he's losing it. <laughs> just losing it, yeah. right? So it's like his wife's mad at him from not confronting a guy that apparently according to her pretty much almost tried to rape her. Right, right, right. Which is as much as I don't like the woman <laughs> like you said, it's a good reason to get it's upset. A good reason to be upset. You're you know? probably like, "Hey, buddy, let's uh, let's tone it down yeah, over yeah, there." Yeah, yeah, okay? tone down my That's wife. My wife, right? In the fucking jaw, you know. 
But it feels like he he's has this history of trying to suppress that rage that he's uh, uh, takes him right, fostered from the Vietnam it War. It takes him right back to the jungle. Right. So then he leaves the gas station, and who would you know comes barreling up behind him a few minutes later but the fucking semi. Once again, pulls in front of him, waggling back and forth so he can't get past him. And then my favorite scene in the movie, the one time that, uh, that the truck reaches his arm out, the trucker waves his arm out and waves him to come up to pass. Mm-hmm. As he comes to pass, there's another car coming right at him. <laughs> he deliberately tried to lead him into oncoming traffic. That is the first moment in this film where you realize, like, this guy's fucking around, but he's not fucking around. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's fucking around. He's playing games with him. Uh-huh. But he's also crazy. He's playing like, road he games. He does not have a problem murdering, this dude. murdering yeah. other people. He's not, he's not worried about murdering this guy. That's kind of his point, I think. That's the game he's playing. And, and, and while all this is going on, just to paint the picture here, I'm going like, all right, you're driving a Plymouth Valiant, which like tops out 120. This big tanker truck thing goes at like maybe 80, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm yelling in my head, like, just drive faster. Right. Like, you clearly have a car that can drive faster right. than this truck. But then you realize that trying to pass this psycho that's driving this car that has, like, or this truck that has flammable written on the side of it, he's already a loose cannon. He's already, like, you just start to kind of rush, like, yeah, like, yeah, like, even if I do have this fast car, this guy is has a powerful but not necessarily fast vehicle but is also fucking insane and right. then you start to question like the best way to deal with the situation right yeah, yeah best way to handle that so what uh what david does is he keeps uh, you know playing this little cat and mouse game won't let him pass so he goes off on a little dirt road and gets in front of the semi he's like yeah i got him but guess what? That semi wasn't done. They're coming down the mountain. Semi's chasing them. And all these chase scenes are so beautifully filmed. I mean, like, the shots of that truck make it look fucking scary. Like, shit's like Jaws on wheels. It, it is it's that. It's fucking terrifying. And um, I got to point out the sound design in this movie. Um, it's very Hitchcockian, it just in general, including the sound. There's literally, like, those violins that sound like mm-hmm. Psycho when you're getting mm-hmm. stabbed, which is fine. Um, it's very, I got, a, like, a Straw Dogs peck and paw vibe from it as well. But when it, as far as sound design goes, when it cuts back to this truck, the volume in the film goes up by at least forty oh, yeah, percent. So fucking loud. And then the visuals of this all—it's—it's it's very akin to like the opening shot of A New Hope, where you have like the rebel ship, and then this fucking giant imperial. Uh, uh, Spielberg didn't do that. I know, but it's that same effective visual filmmaking. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're like you see the uh, whoever the direct- dominance of this person cha- doing the chasing, yeah. right? I, whoever directed A New Hope must have seen Duel. I, I no, I think it's just <laughs> it's just basic size based visual filmmaking. Oh, it's so good, and there's so many good shots of like the the top of the dirty greasy truck and like the tiny car in mm-hmm. front of it, and so many shots of like of him inside the car and like in the rear window, just this huge fucking truck coming up. One of my favorite things in the first quarter of the film, the first act or whatever, like you just watch the mirrors, like his rear view mirrors, like you can always see that fucking truck coming up. Mm-hmm. And so he chases them down this mountain and they're going like 90. Like it kept showing the speedometers. I like in car road movies where they go to the speedometer, not when it's zero, like the other movie we fucking watched. Road games, watch it, it's really good. <laughs> it's terrible. So uh, he chased them down this mountain 
And uh, to get away, they're going like 100. The truck was going like 100. He, uh, he just veers off the side of the road and like wrecks into a fence, like mm-hmm. right in front of a, a, a diner, the only diner for miles. Like he fucking veers off, nearly hits a couple trucks, wrecks into a fence, goes inside. There's been like five, there's been the conversation between him and his wife. There's been the radio talking. Mm-hmm. There's been him yelling at the truck here and there, but no other dialogue than that, you know? Then he goes into the get in the into the the diner and everybody's like, "What the hell?" You know, gotta do the bathroom. Walks in the bathroom and all of a sudden goes into an internal monologue, talking about what's going on. But before that, mm-hmm. let's talk about a little minute point of this film. What what, what point? What I miss? What does he order from the waitress? <laughs> what does he order? Adam? Not really the most important detail I'd get into, but he right. ordered a cheese sandwich on rye, a Swiss all, cheese sandwich on rye. On, I just wanted to ask you. Uh-huh. Do you think Swiss cheese sandwiches on rye was on the menu or he was like, hey, I know you have Swiss cheese. I know you have rye bread. Just bring me that. You know, I don't know. And it was weird because when the waitress walked up with the menu, she's like, here's the menu ready to order. He's like, bitch, I haven't even looked at the menu yet. Like who walks up, hands you the menu and says order? Like you're going to look at me while I look at your menu? I don't know. I guess they don't do that anymore. And, and this is the point that you realize that even in California, outside of L.A., San Francisco and San Diego, um, California is just as much as a desolate wasteland full of psycho truckers and emptiness as the rest of the country is, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So you see your whole cast of characters sitting at the bar while this guy's internal dialogue's going. He thinks mm-hmm. that he's out of it. He thinks the situation's over. Well, let me finish. But what he doesn't realize mm-hmm. is it's just begun. Yeah, that's right, Bobby. When he walks out of the bathroom... Who's parked across the street but the fucking truck? And he looks in the bar and he looks in the restaurant. He's like, oh, my God, that guy's in here. Now, this is where it goes total Hitchcock mode. I mean, the way it's shot, like the internal dialogue, it's all just him talking in his mind. Like, he doesn't say a word out loud, but it's just him thinking it through in his mind, looking at all the guys sitting around. They all have blue jeans and brown boots, just like the guy he saw at the truck. Yeah. So he's freaking out. One guy, a, a guy that you you um you mentioned was a very um he's an attractive man, very attractive man, masculine, attractive, blue collar man. Yeah, he's like a Marlboro man kind of guy. Looked, I said he looked like the Marlboro man. It's Bobby's type, and so he thinks it's that guy, you know. And we all think it's that guy because he keeps showing that guy. It just shows the faces of all these people as Dennis Weaver's talking in his mind at himself. And that guy walks outside, walks up to the truck, disappears around the side. Pulls out of the parking lot in a different vehicle. You're like, oh shit, it wasn't him. Mm-hmm. And then Dennis Weaver gets his ho- his his his, his uh, courage up, right? And there's some other guy sitting there, blue jeans, brown pants. He's like, I'm gonna go talk to him. Goes up to the guy, starts talking shit. He's like, hey, stop fucking around. I'll call the police. Guy's got a mouthful of sandwich. Like, what are you talking about? And he slaps the sandwich out of this guy's hand. Guy gets up, starts wailing on him, just starts beating the shit out, punches him twice in the face or something, and then like storms out. And that guy walks out to a different truck and drives away. Let me ask you this, because I don't know if I caught it. Who threw the first punch in that situation? He tried to smack the sandwich out of the man's hand. Okay, so he started the confrontation. He started the confrontation. Because the the diner owner or cook or whatever was like, let me get you a beer. Let me get you a new sandwich. He was very apologetic to the trucker that that, that had the sandwich. So I was like, why is he... But it turns out, okay, so he started it. Yeah, he started Dennis Weaver started it. And the trucker's probably a regular there. He yeah. goes and gets a yeah. beer and a sandwich and, and does his thing, you know? Right. Dennis Weaver's some fucking like, some guy fucking in a tie. Some L.A. salesman. I yeah. think he's a salesman. Probably so. It didn't really say. But he just shows up and like sits there like a weirdo after wrecking his car and then starts shit. 
And then, uh, so next thing you know, that guy leaves. Mm-hmm. He's still sitting there like, what the fuck? And then the truck outside starts up and drives off. He was never in the diner in the he first place. He was never in the diner. He was waiting for him. Oh, it's so great. And Dennis Weaver runs outside, starts chasing the truck down on foot. I would have ordered a cheeseburger. I would have ordered a fucking, if I'm a sandwich, put some meat on it. Yeah. Give me a fucking Reuben. That's on rye, R-Y-E. If I he orders it, he tr- orders it. Let me get a, a, a cheese sandwich, Swiss on, on, on rye, R-Y-E. If I have a bad day or a truck driver tries to murder me I don't on the order road, a sandwich and spill the bread. I, I'm, it's, it's time to start comfort eating. Yeah. Maybe <clears throat> he's a big fan of Swiss on rye. I guess. It's weird. That goes to show how much of kind of a bitch this guy is. He's kind but of a bitch. I admire his dedication because he runs after. He runs after the truck. On foot, just runs. Mm-hmm. The truck takes off. He's like, motherfucker. Goes and gets in his car and just starts going. And what happens next, Bobby? What happens next? Well, after that, <clears throat> he moves on, gets back in his car, starts driving in the same direction. At this point, I would have, I would have, I'm a bit of a bitch. Mm-hmm. I would have just been like, you know what? I'm just going to cancel my appointment and uh, just go the other direction and go home to my petty, cruel wife. I know what happens next. Who, by the way, when he called his wife, the first thing she said was, "What's uh, wrong? What's wrong? Were you in an accident?" Mm-hmm. Like, what? What? Is that how this relationship goes? The only time we talk is when there's something wrong. Here's the, here's what happens next. He's driving, and he comes across a school bus stuck on the side of the road with a bunch of children playing outside of it. And, right. And the bus driver waves him over. He's like, hey, can you help push my, my bus? And he's like, why didn't you ask the truck that just drove by? Before we go into the next thing that happens. Yeah. Yeah. The bus driver has clearly a broken down bus. Yeah. School bus. School yellow, bus. big yellow school bus. Big old A magic school bus, if you will. school bus. I didn't see any of the chaperones. I didn't see a, a teacher. I didn't see a bus aide it was just to watch the children. It's just the bus driver. It's 71, dude. 71. The children are just hanging out outside the bus. Playing on the road. On Do the you realize the what's in the desert? Snakes. When you're responsible spiders, for... Spires, hitchers. Yes. Fucking trucks. Yeah, escaped prison prisoners. Right, yeah, yeah. Just leave the kids on the bus. Wasps, cactus. It, it's going to be safer for everyone, I Poison think. Poison toads. There was like clearly like 15... At least 15 kids. This was the 70s. Look, if you go on a bus trip in the 70s and you lost a kid, that's what happens. You know, yeah. this is what happened. Yeah, yeah. Nowadays, you got helicopter parents. Now you can't lose your child. So he says, why didn't you just ask the truck that just drove by to give you a push? He's like, oh, I didn't, rec- I didn't realize it. I didn't know it was there. He didn't see it. He didn't see it, and which is an odd thing to say. He's like, why didn't you ask that guy that's been trying to murder me to help you and your children? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's like, I don't want to do it because if I try to push it with my little Plymouth Valiant, I'm going to get stuck under the bumper. The truck driver, the bus driver's like, no, 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 you'll be fine, you'll be fine. Very, the bus driver was just like, you're going to help me. You pulled over, help. Now, if you pulled over to help someone with car trouble or bus trouble in this case, right? and they said, hey, what I could really use is a push, uh-huh. would you immediately resort to, oh, what he means is get in my car and rear end him until his car starts? Or did he, what does he mean like just physically pushing it with your arms? It's a school bus. You have a better chance with a car pushing. But he just kind of defaults to that. That's weird. I've never it was seen. the 70s. Cars were made out of metal yeah. back then. They did that shit. It, it was the 70s. Yeah. I mean, you, what, two guys are going to push a fucking school That's a good bus point. by hand. That's a good point. Right? But I've just never seen that before. Right, right, right. So, uh, so he starts to try to help push. And what do you know? At the end of the street ahead of him, the truck had turned around and came back. 
and was just sitting there waiting. And they're pushing the car, pushing the car. His car, sure enough, lo and behold, gets stuck under the back bumper. And then him and the guy are trying to sit there and push the thing. They get the truck, get the, the car unhooked from the bus. Mm-hmm. And then Dennis Weaver looks up and realizes that 100 yards away is the fucking killer semi staring at him. In a tunnel. In a tunnel. And as soon as he looks up and sees the truck, the trucker turns the lights on. So good. Dude, fucking, this is a road game, man. This is the point where I'm clenching my sphincter. Yeah, you're like, oh shit. Oh shit. And so uh, Dennis Weaver's like, get all the kids back on the bus. Get them back on the bus. And uh, and the, the bus driver's like, no, no, they're fine. They're not on the road. He's yeah. like, get them on the fucking bus. Not only has this bus driver let these kids out of the bus to just frolic around in the desert full right. of rattlesnakes, the, the, the man that's like, hey, man, this guy's crazy. Just for good measure, let's get the kids back on the bus so he doesn't hit him with his giant brown flammable truck. Mm-hmm. And the bus driver still is like, the kids are fine. The kids are fine. <laughs> what are you talking about? They're not in the road. I don't think this bus driver understands that this big brown flammable truck is willing to go off the road, yeah. maybe? Yeah, he doesn't give a and shit. And he's very adamant about letting the children stay... Playing in this outside. Outside the bus. I mean, it's, you know... if you He's trying to help the parents If you out. let them run their energy, they, they're more likely to take naps. He just wanted to calm the fuck down on the bus, man. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. You don't, don't fault the guy. So uh, Dennis Weaver's like, let's help me, and, 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 he, and he gets the, the bus driver in his car, and he starts jumping on the top of the hood to unfucking latch it, which he does, and then he just throws the bus driver out of his car and fucking takes off, just hauls off mm-hmm. past the, the truck. Perfect opportunity to go in the opposite direction and go home and cancel your sales appointment. The truck drives by the children, slowly pulls around, mm-hmm. and Dennis Weaver gets to the end of the tunnel and stops and looks back and sees the truck giving the bus a push pushing the bus helping the bus out well to be fair that that truck is far more powerful to push a bus yeah exactly but here's this was a turning point for me when i watched this movie it's like this trucker is not just like out there trying to kill everything he just wants to kill fucking dennis weaver Mm -hmm. i think it might have just been the car I think he just fucking hated that orange Plymouth Valiant. I think it was a grudge duel between the fucking the brown truck and the orange car. And Dennis Weaver just happened to be behind the wheel. Now that you bring it up, this is a terrible, terrible commercial for the Plymouth Valiant. Yeah, yeah, it is. It looks like a muscle car. I'm not familiar. I'm not a car guy, really. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, it you, looks like a muscle drive car. A car. Listen, I, I drive a Honda Accord hybrid. Wow. So I, I, I'm not like one of these guys. Um, but the Plymouth Valiant looks like a cool car. It looks yeah. like a fast muscle car from the 70s. It looked like a nice sedan. It looked like it had some oomph. It looked like it had some oomph. It, looked it definitely like it. looked like it had some more oomph than big brown flammable scary truck. Right, right, right. But uh, sure enough, clearly not. So he takes off. We never see the bus again. I guess maybe the bus made a different turn. I don't know. Next thing you know, Dennis Weaver stops in front of a railroad tracks because there's a train going by. Sitting there minding his own business. All of a sudden, the truck's behind him, starts pushing him. Pushing him towards the fucking train. You know I hate trains. Yeah, we know, Bobby. I fucking hate trains. How was that? Did you did a little poop come out when you were watching that part? Yeah, for like the fourth or fifth time in this movie. <laughs> Squeeze that little nugget there. Turtle heads a poking. <laughs> so the this fucking truck is just trying to push him right into a train. It's fucking great. And then again afterwards, which doesn't happen, he fucking like drives the car off the road, and the the fucking but truck takes off and like blowing the horn at him, laughing at him and shit. And then uh, Dennis Weaver's like, "God damn it!" 
Next thing you know, he comes around. Where's he running to him again? Where's he running to him next, Bobby? Because there's a couple more. Okay. So then Dennis Weaver, what's his name again? David Mann. David Mann in his Plymouth Valiant pulls up to another gas station. Oh, yeah, the snake farm. Which is a snake farm, which is something that is real. Mm-hmm. We have a snake farm in Texas. Yeah, it's awesome. It's well, on a gas station with snakes at it, but it's a snake farm. Well, he stops snake farms at, exist. He stops at the gas station because right like 100 yards beyond the gas station, the truck had stopped. Like It was just waiting again for him. Just fucking waiting for him. Every time he starts driving, that fucking truck is waiting for him. Mm-hmm. So he stops at the, the snake farm and decides, hey, I'm going to make a phone call. I'm going to call the fucking police. But... He's greeted by the uh, lady of snake, the snake farm, the snake lady, crazy yeah. old snake lady, yeah. um, you know, desert rat folk, <laughs> my favorite genre of uh, scary people. And she's like, oh, use the phone. It's back there by all my snake cages. But she also says, take a look at my snakes if you have the time. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this, Adam. I don't like snakes. Mm-hmm. I don't like the sight of them. So you don't like snakes. I don't, don't like, like the trains. feel of them. I don't like, uh, I don't like the concept of them. But if... If there's snakes around, mm-hmm. I will make the time to go check out the snakes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you've been to the snake farm, I'm sure. I have. It's great. I love the fucking snake farm. I've been to the Freer, Texas Rattlesnake Roundup. Oh, wow. Did you catch a snake? No, but they like they do stunt shows where they like put rattlesnakes in people's sleeping bags, and there's a person in a sleeping bag full of rattlesnakes, and you can eat rattlesnakes. It's pretty badass. I want to eat some rattlesnakes. It's some good South Texas crazy fun. <laughs> it sounds it's like it. It's a state fair with rattlesnakes. <laughs> so, Highly recommended. So Davey Mann goes and uses the phone. As he's calling the police, the trucker says, you know what? Fuck this shit. And starts driving straight towards him in the phone booth. Ten feet away, he starts blowing on the horn. And Davey Mann's like, holy shit. Jumps out of the phone booth. Trucker just wrecks right through it. Starts doing donuts around the whole establishment, wrecking all the snake cages. Fucking. There's a tarantula. Tarantula crawling. There's rattler snakes on the ground. It's fucking crazy. You know, in that, I was thinking, like, that was the, the worst day of David Mann's life. But I don't think it was. But it mm-hmm. was the worst day of maybe, that snake lady's life. Maybe marrying that woman from the beginning was or the, the worst day of Or the life. war. <laughs> You know, the, oh yeah, the Vietnam War. The Vietnam was probably War, pretty shitty, pretty rough. Probably on some him, bad sure. days. That the, this was not a John Rambo character. No, but Snake Lady, that was the worst day of Snake Lady's life. She watched all of her babies, which she called them her babies, mm-hmm. get killed, and she's like, "Why would he do?" And this? I was thinking, like, is she like, if you're in that situation, if you were Snake Lady, would you be like, "I got to go find my most expensive snake"? Should I pick up snakes that are not rattlesnakes? Like, how do you, how do you? Home that situation back Dude, in. How do you clean to, that up? Don't try to understand crazy. <laughs> don't try to try to put I logic. I see you to running crazy. a snake farm one day. Yeah, sure. I mean, it sounds like an easy job. I could do that. So uh, he jumps his car and takes off, just basically to stop trucker from destroying snake lady's life anymore. And then the fucking trucker starts chasing him, and he drives off of an edge of a of a like a valley or something. Uh, David does and hides, and he hides from the fucking bus, the truck. Remember that. Yeah, I remember it. We yeah, watched yeah. it like 30 minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. And so the truck passed him by. He's like, oh, I'm not, you can have the road now, Jack, because I'm going to take a nap right here. And so he takes a nap, and next thing you know, you hear the sound. You hear the rumble. You hear a horn. It's a train. Train right behind him. False flags. False, False flags. That was a little jump scare there. And so he's like, all right, I'm good to go now. He drives a couple miles. What do you know? Waiting on the side of the fucking road is the truck. Do you think this trucker is actually... Well, obviously he is psychotic at this point, but do you think he's always been psychotic? Or do you think he's just bored? 
or he's legitimately aggro at this guy for passing him earlier in the movie. To uh, to try to to psychoanalyze the the truck character, let me. It's a bit of it is a bit of a character study of the truck. Yeah, yeah. There's there's character development with this truck. There there is (laughs) there really is. I know you say that mockingly, but there is. It. I think that like maybe he was off that day because I don't think he was on like he wasn't on a road. He was coming down from a fat sack of speed he was, that he did the night before he did a lot of yellow jackets <laughs> that day he was popping yellow and jackets yellow, like crazy. yellow jackets and horny goat weed <laughs> yeah. and he was just rearing to go he wanted to fuck something and it was that orange valiant that's right so i don't know i mean i think it was because it was it was all methodical against him and i mean even just getting past that's no reason to he like when 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 buddy passed him he's like i'm fucking with this guy let's compare this truck for a moment to the the vehicles and say something like maximum overdrive yeah I find this scarier. Oh yeah, because it's real. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, it's kind of like what I said with the hitcher. It's like this is uh, potentially could happen beyond the paranormal, just right. like in real life. Other than shooting a fucking helicopter down with a pistol. Okay, well that's that's for the previous two episodes. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like the the, the trucks and Mac or the the cars or the truck with the green goblin face on it and Mac. it's scary it's a great movie don't get me wrong i mean there's killer soda machines well, yeah you know it's it's a fun it's fun concept it's stephen king you know but ACDC. this is like a different level of of fear i think this is more uh uh realistic yeah it's like this could happen this could happen mm-hmm. just some crazy fucker with a truck out there and all you got to do is pass him up and you're fucked you mm-hmm. know what i mean and you, you never know you'd never know you never know so uh, he chases him down. He goes to the side of the road, and a, another car comes by, and the truck just lets that car pass. And so, so, so Dennis Weaver tries to go. Truck pulls right out in front of him in the road, just stops him. Like you're not going nowhere, motherfucker. And it's it's just intense, man. This is a very tense movie. Very tense movie. Now, do we want to give away the ending or not? Uh, yeah. But before we do that. Uh-huh. I just want to point out, I know your biggest complaint with something like Road Games was pacing. Right. Um, that's not a problem at all oh, in this no, film. no, not at all. Not in Duel. We paused um, it because you had to pee and an hour had already passed. Yeah, and I was like, I, I, was, I looked at the timestamp when I paused it. I was like, oh my God, uh, I thought we were only like 20 minutes in. No, we were like entering the third act at this point. We right. were at like an hour. And it's an hour and a half long movie. So... What what I'm getting at is you're literally never bored watching yeah. this movie. Yeah, I didn't look at my phones uh, my phone other than to take notes. <laughs> I didn't check my Instagram. I didn't check my fucking uh, Friendster. What the fuck is Friendster? <laughs> I didn't. Ch- I'm glad I'm not on there. I didn't check my MySpace. Right. <laughs> Classmates.com. So yeah, the uh, it, it turned the last the last act of this movie is just a big role duel. I mean, it's like. You know, he he gets him, he corners him, and like he's outside of his car, and like the truck starts coming at him, and he runs off, and the truck goes right up to his car and starts like revving the engine, and like pulls up, being like, "Get in your car, motherfucker, we're doing this." Mm-hmm. And so Dennis Weaver gets in his car, and you see the arm come out and waves him past, like, "Come on!" And so Dennis Weaver takes off in front of him, and the truck just takes right off after him. What I want to point out is like the title of this movie is Duel, right? It's a duel. It is a duel, but like at the beginning, you're I'm I'm kind of skeptical of the title. I'm like, this is more of a like I'm gonna fuck this guy up movie. Right. A duel kind of implies like a mutual challenge. Yeah. But again, you have to admire his uh, Dennis Weaver's dedication to like 
get to his appointment, I guess. <laughs> Why and not go home to his wife? Well, we we saw his wife. But he gets he gets full blown like don't fuck with me. I was in nom mode. Yeah. He does. But not in a badass like cliché Hollywood way. Not in a Rambo kind not of. Not in a Rambo way. No, not at all. Um He's so just, I've, I've taken all I can. Like, I'm not going to take any more. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, I, you know what? It's funny you say that. I got almost a Falling Down vibe from this yeah, guy, yeah, Michael yeah. Douglas in Falling Down, which is a great Schumacher, one of the few great one Schumachers. One of the few good Schumachers, that and Lost Boys. About and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody, chill. Stay cool, bird boy. All right, just fucking move on. Just talk without fucking going That's all I'm saying. Batman Robin tangent. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> God, that movie was bad. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so the ending, the way it ends, he chases him down. They're, they're chasing around. I mean, there's a whole little plot point throughout the t- Every time he stopped to get gas, everybody telling him he needed a radiator hose. And so sure enough, his car overheats at the end, mm-hmm. just as he's getting away. Yep. And the thing starts chasing him again, nearly wrecks him, chasing him up a hill in like a quarry. It's like the, the scene with the lizard guys in Star Trek, maybe. And then uh, it comes to a final confrontation match at chicken. And the truck's just barreling right at him. And his car's all fucked up right now. He's like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I might have insurance. It's the 70s. I don't know if they had it, had it back then. Mm. And so he puts his briefcase, his monograph briefcase, on the gas fucking pedal and drives it right at the truck and jumps out at the last minute. Mm-hmm. And the fucking truck just barrels into that orange value. <laughs> and that's basically the end of the movie. You point out something like, I'm waiting for this flammable truck the whole time to explode and it does not it wrecks off of a cliff it pushed the valiant off of a cliff and then you see this awesome shot of like blood dripping from what was the steering wheel and like the fan inside the truck that's still running i will say this the wreck at the end was it was great it was slow motion it was real cars falling off a cliff um, apparently the flammable truck was empty. I don't know. Maybe that's why it goes so fast. It wasn't heavy. You know, I don't know. See, I think he was like, maybe he lost his job. Maybe the flammable gas plant closed down and he just had the truck and was just taking out his rage on the orange Valiant. Mm-hmm. You know, that could be it. Yeah. It, it could be personal. Maybe, maybe, maybe Dennis Weaver like worked for the flammable gas company and he fucking lost that guy his job. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. But I think it was just that he passed him and the truck was psychotic. And he was just ready to go. So the, and then, then as he's wrecking this truck, uh, wreck, wrecking the Valiant, like you finally see internal shots of the uh, truck and him like trying to downshift and like hit the brakes and shit. Because mm-hmm. he's like, oh shit, I'm about to drive off a cliff. And then he's driving off the cliff. He pulls the horn one last time. It's like, no. Right. I, probably, I was like, why did he pull the horn there? But you're like, yeah, it's like it's auditory <laughs> yeah, filmmaking. Yeah, it's like, no, it's, just, it's the truck saying, <laughs> yeah, it's like the truck's screaming. Yeah, exactly. It's great. It's great. And then the last scene, he's all David, David man's all happy and squeaking. He, he literally goes, <laughs> like makes a weird little squeak. And then, uh, and then it all hits him. It all hits him. He's like, oh shit, what am I going to tell my wife? And then this movie ends with him sitting there. In his profile, and there's the sun setting behind him. Mm-hmm. He's just throwing rocks. Exactly. Nobody knows where he's at. He's got no car. Well, he needed to take a breather after all that. After all that, yeah. It's time for alternative titles. Yeah, for the movie. Yeah, I have three this oh. this time. Do we? Did you do some last time? I've done it before. I don't know if it's oh. a regular thing. Alternative a, titles. Gotta have a segment. Bully truck. <sighs> That's terrible. It sounds like an episode of like one of those shows my kids watches. And here's a, I have four actually. Mm-hmm. Bully truck is the first one. That's the good. That's the winner. That's the best one. Um, here, here's a longer one, a more long-winded one. 
generic 70s mustache man's terrible, no good, very bad day. <laughs> um, here's another one. Uh, big truck, don't give a fuck. And lastly, road games. <laughs> it could have been called road games. It could have been. So uh, I liked it. Yeah, it's good. It's a it's a really good one. And again, it's it it could be for everyone, most everyone. It's um it's one of those. I recommend it across the board. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because we've been doing road movies, right? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And you talked about the pacing of this film versus say road games. Uh. How do you how do you feel? Because I have my thoughts on this. How do you feel about Road Warrior? Um, I like it. You like it. But it is, by today's standards, a fairly slow movie. Dude, I'm okay with slow movies. Like, I, you don't look at me like, oh, it's got to have tits and gore. Adam doesn't like it. It's got to be wham, bam, fast paced. Like, no, dude, I like movies. I right. like movies. Right, right. I like good movies. Okay. okay. Like, okay, I'll tell you what I don't like about Road Warrior. There's one thing I don't like about that movie mm -hmm. the fucking costumes on the good guys. They like have white on with like shoulder pads on. They look stupid. Oh, that's great. They look very 1982. That's fantastic Ozploitation. It looks stupid. That's the only. The bad guys look amazing. Max mm -hmm. looks badass. But all like the good people that he doesn't rob. Uh. But I don't. I don't feel like you could show the Road Warrior to like a younger kid now and be like, "This movie's badass. You're gonna love it." It's like Fast and the Furious, only set in apocalyptic Australian desert. It's They'd not be like, "This is like that. this is boring." I feel like. Kids today would find the Road Warrior boring, huh. um, but I don't. I think you could show Duel to all ages and demographics, and they'd get mom, it. dad, grandma, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they they get a kick out. There's of it. no. It's not really violent. I mean, there's road violence. There's no. no it's made for TV, right? It's, there's no gore. There's no tits. It's um, but it's a fucking fantastic film. You know what I think we just did? Hmm. We found a thriller with minimal violence and no f nudity. That you enjoyed. I mean, there's tons of them, Bobby. There's tons of them. I just I can't think of them on the spot because right. I I addle my brains with inebriants. So let's wrap it up. Do you got anything to plug this week? Uh, yeah, Trump cards will be playing a lot in Austin and San Marcos in the next couple months. We got all sorts of bookings. We playing at the uh, Texas Mist apparently. Are we playing at the Kiva again? Is it like a point-and-click adventure bar? I, I don't know. Ooh, we should make one of those. Yeah, that'll be a hit. I'd go. <laughs> You'd go. That You would go. Is it C colon backslash run colon <laughs> monkey island? That's a DOS reference. I don't think uh, that's the right uh, geez, right wrong command. Audience. Not the wrong right audience. Yeah, so I don't know. I got some shows coming up. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we should we should play more rock and roll together, Bobby. I'm glad you said that. Mm -hmm. Hey, Adam. Hey. I know we've had our feuds on this episode. Yeah. Uh -huh. But I enjoyed your show last night. Oh, thanks. I find it uncomfortable. Uh huh. But sometimes that's what catharsis is. Yeah, you know, it, a lot of people just like this movie. Right. You might say that we kind of had a duel between you and me this episode. But I think we uh, we came out for the better. God damn. Yeah, I think we came out for the better afterwards. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at pinballbobby. You, you can, can follow Adam at Instagram at vonarn13. Can you spell it out? V-O-N-A-R-N-D-T-1-3. And don't forget to check out Pillager Beard Oil. Yeah. I got a new uh, bottle of it last night. 
because mm-hmm. I finally met Gabriel. Met Gabe in person. He he said you were uncomfortably tall. I've heard that before. Yeah, I don't like how tall you are, Bobby. I really don't like it. I think that's one of the reasons I mean to you. I don't know <laughs> what to do about that, Adam. <laughs> Just shrink already, would you? <laughs> yeah, you met Gabe. Gabe is a great fan. Apparently, he said he has gifts of me now. I'm like, well, put him on the infraweb, motherfucker. I want to see gifts of me as Hans Peak River. So be on the lookout for the gifts of Adam on the internet. Yeah. It's going to be the new uh, uh, Bad News Brian or Irma Gerd girl. That's not what gifts are. That's a meme. It's a meme. I don't know. I don't know these fucking words people made up. But anyways, I want to get a big, dirty semi-truck, and I just want to go chase somebody down in an orange car, and I want to make them have PTSD. And then I want to die spectacularly.